Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing well. Before we begin, I would just like to send a big thank you to our latest patron over at Patreon, Jesse Emery, who you can find on Twitter at EJesse. That is at E-J-E-S-E. S-E. Jesse, thank you so, so much for your support. And also, thank you to all of our other patrons. We really, really, really appreciate it. Without you, our endeavors here would not be possible. Um, Andy, it's been one week since Freakin has officially acquired the club. Oh, my God. And everybody <laughs> is melting down. Are you surprised by this? We talked about this in our patron exclusive episode, but um, I just tweeted something out because... Um, I, I got word that uh, one of the planes from London uh, returned to the United States and that Mark Watts was on board. Uh, Dan Freakin remained in London with his son, Ryan. Are you surprised at the level at which everybody is freaking out about this? I have to say, I am partially stunned, but maybe I shouldn't be. Well, as you just said, I am partially stunned, but I shouldn't be. Be- just because um, I get all the excitement in the air. I get the expectations are through the roof after um, after awaiting this this ownership change for months and months on end and reading all the reports and reading about the possible interest from uh, the Miami Heat guy who turned out he didn't even know what soccer was. And, yeah. uh, the, the Brazilian Uruguayan group of, of narcos who were ready to purchase Roma. And, uh, and and help them get Cavani, uh, and then obviously the soap seller from Kuwait. Um, just, uh, <laughs> so I can understand that all these uh, all these trials and tribulations of Roma fans have you know have have gotten the better of of them or us, I should say. Um, and I understand that you know we expect something more dynamic, maybe an ownership that really you know, is is there for us, unlike Palota, who many consider to have failed in that aspect of relating with the, the fan base, of of connecting with the fan base. But honestly, that, that what we're talking about is uh, uh, one week into an ownership change, one week which which is, I can imagine, incredibly intense, not only because you have to figure out everything from the from the get-go, um, everything that it has to do inside, not only transfer market, but you know, on a management level, um, there, there are going to be some big changes. But add to that the situation that we are currently facing, which is you know a, a shortened timetable, uh, a schedule that sees Roma play in in what a couple of weeks or something. Um, uh, you know, uh, the medicals, the training, everything is you know is starting back up. Um, and, you know, we, we were actually watching Roma play uh, Sevilla not so long ago. So I can only imagine how intense everything is. I don't see how um, one weekend, uh, this lack of, uh, as, as people like to say, of presence from the new ownership um, would suggest anything, you know, remotely worthy of criticism at this at this stage. I think it's just... You know, it, we are all by ourselves. We are already looking at a situation which is pretty, you know, new to us. You know, an ownership change doesn't happen very often. But even more so when a pandemic just, you know, uh, 
changes all of the plans, all of the schedules of Serie A, of international football, everything. You're looking at a number of different teams that are behaving in a similar way where nothing is really happening. I understand that there is very little to to read about. Um, we are getting the we're, we keep getting the same rumors over and over again. Um, I understand that maybe the loaning out of Fusato is not really the most exciting transfer market news, but I, I guess that's you know that's what we're looking at right now. Now, are you are you in the group of people who is super anxious? You're angry. Not I, I shouldn't say angry. That's probably a bit of hyperbole, but annoyed that. Oh, I, I, I want a five-minute video of Dan Friedkin. I want something from Ryan Friedkin. <laughs> I want them to show us that they actually exist. Um, I want to share something very briefly. I, I retweeted it, but um, thank you to the account on Twitter, WWFTD. They sent me a snippet from an article <laughs> in the oh, Houston yeah. Chronicle in regards to William Friedkin, <laughs> who is the father of Dan Friedkin, who essentially created this freaking empire. Um, let me just read you this very briefly. And this is in regards to the, the death of William Friedkin. So the article states, Friedkin, who rarely appeared in the press during the course of his career, generally avoided the spotlight save for his regular appearances on Forbes annual list of America's billionaires. More than a week had passed before the public learned he died first reported by the Houston Chronicle on Wednesday. His family declined to comment about his death and has not disclosed details about his services. So, wow. <laughs> I have been talking about how this family is very, like, clandestine. They do not talk to the media. Again, the lengths at which I even had to go to get this lawyer source at Freakin, I'm ashamed to admit it, how I got that, okay? This is a group that does not talk to the media and as you just saw there, again, thank you to the person who said that. Um, it took them a week before <laughs> informing people that this multi-billionaire who started several corporations had passed away. So if you think, if you think within the first week and you're freaking out about them not having this big press conference, not willing to sit down at Trigoria and answer questions from Corriere dello Sport about what they have planned for the summer transfer market. This is not the group for you. You should not be surprised. You you mean to tell me you mean to tell me that they are not going to respond to the petition that is being signed by thousands of fans to reclaim the old badge? If there is one thing that I can almost guarantee Friedkin doesn't know and probably doesn't care about right now, it's the old crest versus this new crest debate. And I don't even want to get into that because it's one of those things that I find so <laughs> ridiculous, so surreal. Uh, fi you know, seeing 40 and 50 year olds argue about ASR versus the word Roma spelled out on a crest. I'm sorry. Um, I have better things to do. So I, I don't want to open that because I know what will happen if we begin to open that door on this podcast. We'll get called one thing, one way or the other. You, you or I, we lose. Okay, we always lose when we give uh, when we give our opinions on yep. these 
very um, hot. We're debate. like the Magnificent Seven. We're like the Magnificent yes. Seven at the end of the movie. Remember the old movie where where the cowboys are looking at you know the village of Mexicans and and they say you know we are always the losers. The the peasants are the winners. We are always the yes, losers. Yes, that is that, that is the perfect that's way. Us. Uh, yes, you're you're Steve McQueen. I and was I'm just going to say I can be Steve McQueen. <laughs> Um, who can, yeah, you should can I, be, should I be Yul Brenner? I was going to say you could be Yul Brenner or, um, okay. Okay, cool. I, I like, or maybe Charles Bronson even. Yeah, but he dies. He so di- it's, I was going to say, it's, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. It's, he gets gut shot. So it's not a good death. Yeah. So I, I find this whole thing, uh, very tiring. I just tweeted out again, Mark Watts, he returned to Houston. Dan freaking has to do a two week quarantine. Okay. He's not, he's not doing that because he wants to sit inside a London hotel and enjoy room service uh, and watch the television. It's a mandate from the UK government. If you come from outside the UK and come into the UK from a list of uh, restricted territories, which the United States is for the UK at the moment, you have to do a two week quarantine. There's, I mean, there's no way around it. So for everybody freaking out about the, where's the video? Why isn't he in Rome? Just relax, okay? It's been seven days. Man, I, I just, I, I, you know, we were so patient for this to happen. You know, we, we were waiting months and months and months, uh, for some people, years for Palotta to leave. And they're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're, they're criticizing freaking uh, after one week. This is amazing to me, Andy. Oh man, I'm reading. I'm reading. Ah, uh, the first grave mistake of Friedkin, and you know, <laughs> what should Friedkin do to win back the fan base? And um, the sad thing is, is that these articles are not being written out of thin air. There is actually some basis, and you can see it in the twisted world or twisted reality that is uh, Twitter. That there are some people who are genuinely outraged. Um, by uh, uh, this uh, week-long silence from from the Friedkin group, and um, I, you know, I I, I don't know. Th- these people are, are are weird to me because once something gets out, once you know, uh, if if Roma had talked or when Roma talked or when news got out, it was always, oh, why do news get out of Roma? You know why? Why is it that we know everything at all times? You know, we should act more professionally. We should be a more uh, professional club that doesn't allow, you know, um, whispers and all that your rumors to come out. And um, once it actually happens, once there is actually zero to write about, um, then uh, all hell breaks loose because, hey, they're not doing enough. So, as, again, it's a battle nobody can win in this fight. No, and you mentioned something. I do think this has a lot to do with the the the, the timeline, or I should say, the the schedule being so uh, being so little, being so small. There isn't a lot of time between the transfer window. There's not a lot of time between the season even starting to begin with. So, had this been at the beginning of the summer, all things considered, normal, uh, right? Season ends in in late May, right? Players are off until right. the first week of July. That's essentially a month and a half. So we're probably not seeing all these meltdowns after just seven days. So I, d- I do think in fairness to some of the supporters and some particular uh, Twitter accounts, I do think that has something to do with it. And, and I also think it isn't helped by the fact you see, you know, uh, Juve, Milan, uh, Napoli making moves in the transfer market, and we're just sitting here 
it seems like just sort of waiting. Now, again, I, I don't think we're going to see a big transfer market to begin with. Even if Freakin came out, gave a two hours long press conference, answered every ridiculous, stupid question imaginable from, from all of the newspapers and the media. I still think that doesn't really change much. I, you know, I don't think we'd be seeing Smalling arriving uh, at Fiumicino at the moment. I, I don't think it changes anything. So I guess that's sort of where my confusion is. Nothing would change if Freakin had spoken, and it's no different now that he hasn't spoken. Do you think really this just has to do with the fact that we haven't seen the guy? Would it be different if in that press or the, the, the press <laughs> release last week, we have our first photo that isn't one of the five from Google of Dan Friedkin holding like a Roma shirt alongside Ryan. Do you think maybe that has something to do with it? Because if we're going by that <laughs> article um, over a week since we knew William Friedkin died, I mean, in fairness, Dan Friedkin could be dead right now for all we know and we wouldn't have heard about it until Holy maybe shit. tomorrow that's that's true and that also maybe explains why in my google search that i did actually to really check out if it's really five photos and it really is five photos because <laughs> at a certain point i was scrolling so so far down that i stumbled upon a photo of eva brown and adolf hitler together um so that just tells you that the the you know oh we don't, there is not much of Dan Friedkin on Google despite the fact that he's met the likes of Matt Damon, Ridley Scott, Tom Hardy, Christopher Nolan, um, and you'd think, damn, if if he's producing Hollywood movies, you'd at least hope that you could find a paparazzi photo of him that is not the one of him and Ridley Scott that we've seen over and over again. Um, I would, I would have loved, uh, or I maybe there is still hope. Maybe John, you, you've won, you've went to such lengths with like baggage ma baggage handlers at airports and et cetera, et cetera, that maybe you can find somebody who works at that hotel that um like room service when they come in maybe take a, a little bit of a, a photo of of Dan Friedkin yeah. in his pajamas yeah. or something. Yeah, um, that'd be that that'd be great. I would, I, I you know maybe that's. It's maybe it's true. Maybe there is something in there that we would need uh, a sort of a calming down. If, for example, Dan Friedkin just decide, okay, I'm just gonna post a picture. I'm just gonna wing it, put on my Roma uniform um, with uh, Friedkin '99, and uh, and just be over with it, and 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 take a selfie in a Roma shirt with the new with the new badge, not the old one. Um, just to piss off some some of the boomers in this fan base, <laughs> that'd be great. I would love that, and I think that that has to do a lot with sort of the mystery around it, um, because people I think had this incredible expectations that, you know, uh, ownership change and suddenly it's like the Great Gatsby. You know, you're having these incredible parties, yeah, these, yeah. These uh, just parties, music all around, girls, champagne, everything everything and suddenly there is just that notification from Roma the statement the press release and that's it so I think it, it, there was so much hunger there was just so much expectations for something new for something new to happen for something new to happen you know from for our coronavirus stricken lives to to finally have something to look forward to and then there is silence and the silence is understandable but it's it, it's not marketable I understand everybody is anxious, but uh, listen, we held on to Palotta, especially those last few years. We held on for a long time. Uh, let's give these guys more than a calendar week to get everything in order. And again, Dan Freakin has to quarantine for two weeks. There's no way around that. It's a mandate from the British government. 
If you come from a country that is on the restricted territories list, you have to. You have to quarantine for two weeks. So, And it's the same thing with Italy. If you if you come from a certain country, even if you test negative, if you, if you are coming from outside Italy on from a certain country, right. you have to quarantine for two weeks. There's no way around yeah. it. So, uh, let, you know, if the quarantine is over and then we don't hear anything for like the next week or two, I still might get a little anxious myself. Yes, but let's. We should we should start looking through the uh, Houston Chronicle. Right <laughs> yeah, now. in the in the we obituary section. We should start leafing through the obituaries. Yeah, yes. we'll start. Yeah, we'll. Yeah, if if you're Houston or Dallas based and listening to this, please um, keep an eye out on the uh, on the obituaries. Hire a PI, yes. preferably a PI. Just please find somebody. All right. So now the market, uh, Smalling, he'll be coming. I, I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, Drew Frieda, he's basically the, uh, the 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 sporting director at the moment. He's an agent. I don't. Uh, he has a few clients, but he's the one who worked on Icardi's move to PSG. So this is a guy very well known with Intrigoria. He's he's helping Fiango now with the market. Um, this thing with Jekyll, though. So Pirlo, he wants Jekyll at Juve. Uh, there's reports, depending on which source you're reading, that Jekyll, he'll be meeting with Fianga in the coming days to sort out his future. I know I know some people have this very love-hate relationship with Jekyll. I know. Mm, yep. You especially. Yes. However, yes. I, some of the names, even Milik, uh, Piontek, all of these replacements that I've seen as potential names to replace Jekyll are borderline nightmarish. I can't believe with new ownership, with uh, a manager coming into his second year, that that getting rid of Jekyll is even being contemplated. Now, I know a lot of it is more so on his part. Our good friend Filippo Biafora was on the radio about an hour and a half ago, and he said that Jekyll is seriously interested in the prospect of Juve. How worried are you about this? Well, let's say that I think that just as you said, you know, coming into this new and and very um, different season, you're you're starting really well, th- theoretically late, but at the same time, it's very early. You had little time to rest, um, little time to reorganize, and with the ownership change, you need somebody uh, like a, like a, just a reference point uh, for for the team to follow in Jeco. Uh, you just need it. At least for this one year, you need it. Uh, and we've seen um, Fonseca's Roma w- without Jeco. Um, it's 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 not. It, it wasn't pretty. Um, when he's off the pitch, the team just drops back. They become flat. Um, there is just nobody up there to to keep the ball, to to hold the ball, to um, you know, to to play rough. A bit also, um, because a lot of our players are really not known for playing rough, and sometimes just need that. You need character. You need you need even the even his moaning sometimes can be helpful. You know when you need that extra yard, when you when you need that extra minute of 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 wasting time. Um, and I think that even Fonseca knows the importance of Jeco, despite. You know, some reports saying that Jekyll wasn't happy about how Fonseca managed some games, especially the Sevilla game. I I don't know if to what extent that is true. I can I can imagine that there was some unhappiness, but I believe that's on both sides, right? I mean, I I, I can imagine that Fonseca was also pretty pissed at the, our poor display. 
but I think if, if, if just somebody like Jeko is crucial to to give this team a bit of stability in this very unstable season that is about to come because I really think that this season we're going to see a lot more injuries where it's it's just it's it's going to be very very different and for this one season just one and I understand that Jeko has this you know has this chip on his shoulder about not winning anything with us and it's pretty tough because you're looking at this a team that is again constantly in a work in progress and when you're a guy like Jeko and you're you know you're nearing your your final years of playing time uh, you just want some satisfaction um and i believe that Juve even though they're getting Pirlo um who at his first you know coaching job they're still a, a, a much better team than any other team in Italy um including Inter um, we'll see about that. But I can understand why he is tempted. At the same time, I can understand why Roma are definitely not intentioned um, to sell him. And then the other question is an alternative. If that happens, what are the alternatives? And I know that, you know, maybe we don't really like him, but of all the names, Milik, even though he hasn't been a, a very positive presence in under Gattuso, um, I think Milik is a, a very capable striker. I think that when he was in form um, under under Ancelotti, he he did really well. Um, and you know, obviously uh, injury prone, but at the same time, very similar similar in some things that he does in, in the in the penalty area. Yes. And uh, if if anything, if I have to choose between him. Piontek and the likes of some unknown Argentinian striker or Kalinic, I'll go for Milik. Uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'd go for Milik too. Uh, listen, I, I think, so we've seen, especially the last couple of years, you know, he came to replace Higuain, did well, and then these last couple of seasons, he's really lost it bizarrely. He just really hasn't been counted upon. Now, I do think in that regard, you bring a, a player with a chip on his shoulder eager to prove himself particularly yes. ahead of the euros i just i feel like though and and this is the thing that i think jekyll gets overlooked with him the work rate man the hold up play the little things yep. the things that's, that yeah, that's the things yeah. yeah the things that just go beyond the goals those are the things that for him i think go unnoticed and uh, milik doesn't do all of that stuff now can he probably bag as many goals as him absolutely um but I guess I'm just worried that, gosh, because if you if you just look at the the statistics, if you just look at the numbers, and you take away Jekyll and you take away Mkhitaryan, this team cannot score goals. So if if just by removing one of those two, yep. it seems no, like I, it's I agree. A huge... I agree, and and I I still think that if you take somebody like Jekyll, now we're talking about you know this is fantasy talk, but if we take somebody like Milik. Um, then you have to you have to consider taking somebody that has that you know those characteristics that that work rate that that you know that dog mentality that uh, some of our some of you know some players like Vertu or Jeko have those those players that really when it's crunch time or when you when you really need somebody to hold up the ball or be aggressive they can if they're on their good day. Um, then you have to, if you take somebody like Milik, then you have to take somebody like Torreira. You know that yes. you you have to have an an extra body there because you can't possibly imagine of of going forward with the likes of Pellegrini. 
um, a guy who is non-existent when it comes to, you know, exactly that, doing the little things that matter, um, being aggressive, fighting back. Uh, and, and with a guy like Milik, you just need an extra guy. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's just that complicated to replace somebody that I know pisses me off so many times, like <laughs> Jekyll, somebody that really, when he's on a bad day, I really, I, th- I can, he's terrible. But at the same time, when he's on his good day, he can do so many things that are vital for Roma's success that in order to replace him going forward, you have to find somebody that can do all the little things, as you just said. And, you know, for better or worse, you have to find somebody that can play in the middle of the field to help him out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now, another name that we heard over these past couple of days who it's been a, it's been chatter of, does he remain, does he go away? Is Fonseca himself? We saw an article from Corriere dello Sport. They said that Fonseca doesn't feel the trust of the team anymore. There were whispers that Fienga, in the hierarchy, they were asking him to hire sort of like an Italian tactician to work alongside him to help him with the management of the game and the tactics, just in general. What do you think? Of Fonseca, because wait, did this happen? Has this happened, or was this just something that was suggested in Arco? Because I remember seeing that, but I did not get if it actually had happened. This thing with that's the what or... that's what their article said. That's what Corriere dello Sport said. Now I I don't I don't know if that happened. Now Biafora he did say that they were asking him to do that. Um, I mean, from my perspective, if you trust a manager, I don't know how you could possibly tell him. Hey, we need you to appoint uh, an additional person on your staff. For me, I, if they actually did do that, I would, I probably myself would feel a bit lacking right. in trust from the from the team. But do you think it's the right move at this time to 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 confirm him to confirm him for a second season? Oh yeah, I I, I definitely think that this is you know this is Fonseca's time to prove himself. I he knows it. Everybody knows it. You, you you know, for, for somebody like Fonseca, who despite all the difficulties regarding injuries and I mean, there's just if you look back upon the past season, it's it's incredible what this Roma went through. And it had its stretches of terrible play that stemmed only from the team and from the coach. I mean, the, the you know, there there was just some some games that were inexcusable. Um, uh, but at the same time, you have to. You have to look at this manager who basically went months without his best players. Uh, you know, when Diawara started playing well, the whole he went down and the whole team went down. When Zaniolo was, you know, was your star in the making and was the difference maker, he goes down, the team goes down. And it's, you know, so it was obvious to me to reconfirm him for this season. I think that if you if you go up to him and say, hey, you know, we need <laughs> we need an Italian tactician, whatever that means, because, you know, I I really I have a hard time imagining what an what an Italian tactician means in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are yeah. we talking about a about a guy who plays Catenaccio uh, from the eighties, or are we are we talking about some you know some some incredible uh, uh, wonder kid who just came off? Uh, school that needs to prove himself. I, I really don't know what the Italian tactician means because I, I really don't think that Fonseca struggled in terms of adjusting his style to the Italian league because 
I just don't know what the Italian league in terms of coaching is right now. It's a bit of a mess. Um, but at the same time, I think that if you if you tell, uh, go up to him and say, hey, we need an Italian tactician, that's bullshit. That's, it means that we don't really have enough trust in you. Um, so, hey, here's this guy who's going to help you out, figure out, you know, maybe help your assistants, uh, help your, 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 you know, your, 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 um, your squad, your, uh, your team, uh, to, to understand better what, 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 how we can play to succeed in Serie A. And that's, you know, that's lack of trust. And that's probably the, a key, a key mistake in the making for, for a second season. I believe that Fonseca can do well. Um, in his second season, I I believe that if you make the right choices in the transfer market, and from what we've been hearing from Biafora, uh, the focus right now is on selling the players, as always, as usual. That's like every year, you have to get rid of the dead weight, and if you can make the the few but but right decisions in in bringing in the key players, and if Fonseca feels that Smalling is the right one. Then bring in Smalling. If if Fonseca needs this this forward or this midfielder, or if he feels that he needs a right back that is different than uh, Bruno Perez, um, then get him. And and I think that if if you can make those small decisions, the right decisions, then he can have an, a successful season. Okay, so to finish up here, so from what I've been told, Biafora has reported it too. Alstini has reported it as well. It's going to be a fairly quiet summer as we just discussed smalling probably comes in let's say just for the argument jekyll remains and you don't really sell many pieces other than redundant ones pastore Juan jesus fazio etc etc let's just say you essentially then have a very similar team as the one from the previous season is that one you feel confident with going into the season that maybe just by way of continuity, this team improves? Or do you think this team still lacks something? Well, this team is going to lack something, whatever we do, because this team really needs blowing up. You know, I mean, this we have some really interesting elements in this team. I'm really excited to see um, the likes of Ibanez and VR going forward. I think that's, that's exciting. I think they can have a, a big impact on this team. Especially when you you know you back them up with uh, Mkhitaryan and Pedro, I think that reconfirming Mkhitaryan is can be crucial. Um, and to me, it's the 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 season gets already immediately much better when you sell off the dead weight. And we know it's been impossible to do so um, with the likes of Juan Jesus because somebody called Sabatini had the brilliant idea of giving this guy five years worth of contract of with the uh, 2.2 million yeah. of Ooh. salary. I mean, you really need to, you know, have done a mixture of meth and acid to come up with this idea of giving a guy like Juan Jesus this sort of contract, and he's not going to leave. So I think that if you sell Pastor and Juan Jesus, man, that to me, that's, you know, I forget the Scudetto. Uh, <laughs> I'm going as far as saying that this team will still n- miss something, but... I think if you have a team that is is lean and mean, just like we did, remember, under Spalletti, um, we had such a short team. Like We had so few players that everybody played the same games. I understand that's impossible to sustain um, in, in, throughout the season, but 
I think that's much better than having these 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 pieces that are worthless and actually intoxicate the, the club from inside. I mean, a guy like Juan Jesus who uh, gets in trouble all the time and, and Fonseca doesn't call him up uh, or, or Pastore gets 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 to stay at home because he said something in an interview, then um, I think that is the worst scenario possible for this new Roma to go into the season with the same dead weight. And I think that a lot of teams are facing that challenge. We know that Juve are filled with dead weight and, and they're looking at, at, at helping Pirlo into getting the right. things right from the start by selling the dead weight. I think that's a priority. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I just, listen, I think just, Again, by way of continuity, I think we still will see a bit of a bump. There were some errors and performances last season that you would hope would not be replicated. Um, so I, I just think having the continuity of having the majority of the roster and the manager could help. But as you said, I just think there's so many things that need to be replaced. Um, I, I won't go as far as to say as we have to blow it up, but I think out of the starting 11, there's probably at least three or four we could easily replace at this moment. But again, given the moment, I just don't know how realistic that is. So everyone, let us know. How are you feeling going into the season? If uh, Let's just say that if the team were to remain similar to the one of last season, how confident are you feeling? How not confident are you feeling? Um, and let us know what you would do on the transfer market because, again, Beyond Smalling, it doesn't really look like much is going to be done. So if there's a name or two that you would like to see Roma purchase, let us know who that would be. So we're going to end it there. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. We will be back later in the week. So until then, talk to you next time. Ciao. Ciao.